Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this first broadcast of the KCAL Radio Hour here on Jess FM 105.9. I'm Doug Fain, one of the directors of KCAL. And if you haven't heard about us, we are a theater troupe that perform in downtown Nicholasville to benefit the Creative Art League of Jessamine County. What we do is four times a year put on plays to show you what it would have looked like in an old-time radio studio if we had taken you back through time into New York or Hollywood and you were actually sitting there watching the people at the radio station put these programs on. Now, the program you're going to hear today and each last Sunday night of the month, you'll never see us perform live at our downtown shows. And conversely, the programs we perform there on stage, you're never going to hear here on Jess FM. This is completely different. We are so proud to be a part of this and hope that maybe we can open our audience up and let some of you hear the way it used to be. And hopefully you'll come to one of our next shows, which by the way, our next one will be at Christmas time. It'll be a live show, Christmas based. So we're going to be here to set all this up. This is the first time we're doing this on Jess FM. Uh, We'll be here the last Sunday night of every month at eight o'clock. And we hope you tune in. We've got some great programs planned for you. Set back, use your imagination and imagine that you're back in the 1940s and the 1950s and enjoying the way it used to be. Now, the program you're going to hear today is from November 14th, 1948. It was a quiet, please suspense program. This episode called The Evening in the Morning. It was episode number 73. And uh, there was only three characters in this program. Tonight, we are going to be joined by my fellow producer and directors from KCAL, Norman and Denise Klein. We're the ones that kind of run it all down there uh, on stage. But we're going to do this program for you tonight and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it for this Halloween. So sit back and enjoy things the way it used to be on the KCAL Radio Hour here on Jess FM 105.9. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. The KCAL Old Time Radio Troupe presents an episode of Quiet, Please. Tonight we hear the evening and the morning from 1948, written by Willis Cooper. They're all gone now, aren't they? That was the last car going out of the gate, wasn't it? There's nobody here but the grave diggers. Can we walk over there for a minute, please? It's getting dark, isn't it? Is that what's bothering you? There isn't anything here that'll hurt you. My grandfather always taught me not to be afraid of cemeteries. They're sad places, he always said. They're sad, and they're lonesome. But there's nothing there to harm you. It'll only be a minute, really. I... I'm not going to break down or anything like that. It's... Well, there's something I have to do. No, I won't run away. You're not worried about that, are you? Well, after all, you've got a gun... You'd shoot me if I tried to run away. I couldn't very well attack you suddenly, could I? Not with these handcuffs. Of course not. So let's... 
walk over there for just a minute. Please. Don't you think you're overdoing it a little bit, Dean? Well, I'm sorry if you think so. I do think so. Please, may we walk over to the grave? Listen here. You don't have to impress me, you know. I was good enough to bring you out here and take the responsibility for you. And I'm very grateful to you for that, Mr. Thorpe. You know, if some of her friends had seen you here, you'd have stood a good chance of getting lynched. I know that. I was sympathetic and I listened to you. It was against my better judgment that I brought you out here. Well, I'm more than grateful, Mr. Thorpe. If I could have come out here alone, though, I would have. Well, we haven't started letting confessed murderers run around loose yet. Especially to attend the funerals of the people they've killed. May we walk over to the grave, please? Oh, come on. Thank you. You're not doing yourself any good this way, Dean. Oh, I'm not trying to, Mr. Thorpe. What do you want to see the grave for? How can you stand looking at it? Haven't you any heart at all? I killed her, didn't I? They won't have any trouble hanging you for it. Well, I expect that. Well, what do you want, then? Why do you... This isn't easy, Mr. Thorpe. It it was hard enough doing what I did. And coming out here, well, it has to be done. I don't know what you're talking about. I... I loved Alice, Mr. Thorpe. You did? I did. And you murdered her. Here, where are you going? A flower. That's all. I want a flower from her grave. Put that back. No. No, I won't put it back, Mr. Thorpe. I tell you... No, please, don't ask me to put it back. This... Well, this is a very precious thing, this flower. What are you talking about? By this... This is why I murdered Alice, Mr. Thorpe. It's very good of you to walk back with me instead of riding. It's really a great favor, Mr. Thorpe. And I might as well tell you it's... Well, I would have insisted on walking if you hadn't agreed so readily. It's just that... You see, if you hadn't consented, I've just stayed out here. And it would have been awkward for you because I... Well, I think I'm stronger than you. And if I could have resisted you, I don't believe you would have used your gun. Even if you had threatened me, I wouldn't have moved. So I'm very grateful to you because it's important for me to walk back. It's the last walk in the open air you're likely to have. Yeah, I suppose it is. You're a strange character, Dean. Well, you're rather unusual yourself, sir. Walking peacefully down a dark road with a murderer and all alone. You may not have noticed, but I've got my hand in my coat pocket. Mm, so you have. And in my coat pocket is a gun. Of course. So, let's not get any ideas because I've been stupid enough to humor you a little. Oh, I have no intention of trying to escape. Thank you. Did you ever walk along a cemetery road before? No. Well, I have. And I know every inch of it. Morbid. No. First time was with Alice. The woman you killed? Yes. I I walked back with her from her husband's funeral. A year ago. So now you're walking back from hers. Did you kill him too? Why, no. Don't you remember? He was killed in a motor accident. Oh, yes. Uh, Francis. 
That was his name. Francis. Yes. Were you, uh, in love with Alice then? Oh, I, uh, I think I've always been in love with Alice. I see. But Alice loved Francis. I begin to see a motive now. Motive? For murdering her. She was still in love with her husband. She wouldn't have you, so you killed her. No. What? No, that wasn't my motive. What was then? I remember walking along the same road, Alice and I, a year ago. Just a year ago. Day before yesterday. It was the same kind of evening, too. Cold and misty. Threatening snow, like it is now. We'd stayed there at the cemetery after everyone else had gone. Alice and I. And now we're coming back home. Francis would have liked the flowers. Wouldn't he, Dean? Yes. So many, many flowers. Such beautiful ones. So bright and lovely. The cold rain on them. Pretty soon the snow. Alice? Francis. And the flowers. All alone. Dean, let's go back for a little while. Can't we? Oh, no, no. We, we mustn't do that, Alice. It's just come to me, Dean. I, I'm alone. I... I all this time, I thought... I, I mean... I couldn't help thinking that it was some ghastly joke. That Francis isn't really dead. It's... It's a dream, maybe, and now... Oh, Dean, he is dead, and I'm alone. <laughs> yes, dear. Don't. We've got to face it. You... Francis. Francis is dead. All I've got left is a flower from his grave. Alice, you're not alone. I'm... Well, I know I'm not. I... But you're not alone while I'm... Alice, you're not alone. Look, Dean. The little yellow flower... The little yellow moss rose that Francis always loved so much. He was born and he lived. And he loved me and I loved him. And now there's nothing left but this. Oh. Alice, will you listen to me? Alice, will you stop this? It's, it's no good carrying home a flower from, from there. Well, it's just a little symbol. It'll break your heart all over again every time you look at it. But... But it was from his... No, 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 don't say it. Don't carry home any reminders from that place, dear. I know this is hard, but now is the time for you to make decisions. Not years from now, when you should be forgetting. That little rose, it'll always remind you. It'll always hurt you. It'll do terrible things to you, Alice. Just throw it away. Throw away Francis's flower? It isn't his flower, Alice. But I... I need something to remind me. Do you need anything to remind you of Francis, Alice? You have your memories of five years of being married to him. You have all the things he wrote, the music he loved. You have so many precious memories, dear. And you're going to trade them all in for, for a memory of a mound of flowers on a November day in the rain? I... I remember Francis when he came home from the war. And the day you were married... I remember. He was so tall. I remember both of you. And the time we went to Canada. And it snowed. 
you remember Francis, not the flower. And the springtime in the country with him. And the times he helped me wash the dishes. Throw the flower away, Alice. Here, Dean. You throw it away for me. I want to, but I'm afraid. Throw it away, Dean, and let me keep Francis in my heart. There's an old elm tree beside the road. The biggest old elm tree you ever saw. We'll be walking past it in a few minutes and I'll show it to you, Mr. Thorpe. You certainly talk as if you love that woman, Dean. Oh, I did love her. I do love her. Well, why did you kill her then? <sighs> because I loved her. <laughs> and because she loved Francis. I said that was it. Oh, no, no. You're right in what you said about you're not forming the wrong conclusions, Mr. Thorpe. How? You think that I murdered her in a fit of anger because she refused to marry me? Of course. Well, that isn't true. I don't understand you. Oh, I'll explain it all to you. It doesn't need much explaining to me. I'll, I'll explain it. Well, what happened? Did your idea about throwing away the flower work? Yes, of course. But you're carrying away a flower from her grave. Yeah. Why? Yeah, perhaps I want my memories of Alice to be that grave out there in the rain. Adding to your own punishment? Yeah, that's part of it. I realize that I must pay a price for what I've done. I'll do that gladly. And I mean that. I mean, I'm really glad to pay for it. But, well, I hope you believe me. I want to punish myself even more. But I haven't finished. I've got one more thing to do. That's why I begged you to let me come to the funeral and why I plucked the flower from her grave. You're over my head, Dean. Bear with me, Mr. Thorpe. If you... It's only for a little while. Up there, there, that. That's the big elm tree I told you about. You see it? There's a little street light just beyond it. What about it? Well, there's a bus stop just beyond it. We can, uh... We can wait there for a bus if you'd like. Yes. I see somebody waiting there now. I think it's a good idea. I'm tired. I wish you'd tell me, though, why you did do it, Dean. Not that it'll make any difference. Not with your confession and all that. Mr. Thorpe, are you superstitious? Me? No. It's nonsense. <laughs> no, it isn't nonsense. A great many superstitions are founded on fact. A great many. I don't believe in ghosts, if that's what you mean. Well, you know, Francis was a writer. Yes. A writer of supernatural stories. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. He had a, a very fair understanding of superstitions, beliefs of all kind. He had a large library of source material on that subject. Did he believe in ghosts? Oh, he was a rational man, Mr. Thorpe, and my very good friend. All right. I saw a good deal of Alice in the years since Francis was killed. In the first few months, when she was having to reconstruct her life, when she was having to reconcile herself to the fact that she was alone, that, that Francis was gone out of her world, well, I spent a good deal of time with her. And I was gratified that she was taking it very well. Well, she did the house over completely. 
with the exception of the room that he used for a study. Now that, she left exactly as he'd left it. Typewriter, stack of paper, pottery jar full of sharpened pencils, half a pack cigarettes, torn match package, even the wastebasket crammed full of torn sheets of paper. Exactly the way he'd left it. That, she said, was to her living memory of Francis. And always, when I came to visit her, we'd sit in Francis' study, and the talk was mostly of him. His publisher's called today. Wondered what about the book he was working on. What, what about it? I told him it wouldn't be finished. Well, he had only a few pages to go, as I remember it. It won't be finished. I don't think you ought to do that, Alice. I want it that way, Dean. Do you still feel... I mean... I'm very glad you made me throw away that flower, if that's what you mean. It was an ugly thing, bringing it away from there. Yes. I'm very content now. It's been hard to make myself realize that, you know, it's not really so bad when there are people around. But at night, alone by myself, I... I think I've cried myself out, Dean. Well, I'm glad you're... You've been an angel. Well... You have. Well, you see, Alice, I love you. I know you do. I... Well, that's all I can say, Alice, is I love you. It's... It's a horrible thing to have to say to the widow of my best friend, but... Widow! Well, Alice... Widow, you said. But, Alice... You called me his widow. I'm not. I'm not. Stop. No, no. Get away from me. I'm not his widow. Do you hear me? I'm Francis's wife. Where's that fellow that was waiting for the bus? Did he go away? You see him? Yes, I saw him. So, she did get mad at you, huh? Hmm? Well, don't you think you were rushing things a little, Dean? Don't you think you should have waited a little longer before you put in a word for yourself with his widow? His wife? No, Mr. Thorpe. I always knew that Alice would never marry me. I I knew too much of the deep love and affection that existed between those two. And and I knew that I'd never have a chance with her. But in all, well, in all honesty, I, uh, I couldn't help confessing to her. She said she knew how you felt. Yes, she did. Well, I don't see where this story is getting us, Dean. And besides, here's your tree, and I'm going to sit down and wait for a bus wonder where that other fellow went. Francis loved music, although he couldn't play a note. Alice, in the old days, would sit at the piano at nights when he found himself struggling with an idea that wouldn't come out. Francis always said that if he could listen to Alice playing long enough, that well, the toughest situation would unravel itself. I think that was a fact. Many a night, I've sat in the living room listening to her at the piano while Francis listened from his study. I remember one thing he used to love. Alice played it so often for him that people used to laugh and call it their theme song. 
one night, not very long ago, I dropped in to see Alice. And after a while, she sat down at the piano and played it. I hadn't heard it for so long. Long time since I played that, isn't it, Dean? Oh, it still sounds wonderful to me. I felt so lonesome tonight. Yeah, it's an unpleasant night. Like it was a year ago. Out there in... You are going to think of that. I can't help it, Dean. Play something else. Francis is lonesome, too. Alice. No, I've been dreaming about him, Dean. Well, I suppose that's natural. He's always trying to tell me something. It's so vague. But he... he's lost, and he wants me so... You're morbid tonight. No, no, I'm not, Dean. I thought I was getting over missing Francis, Dean. But I'll never get over it. I'll never forget him. But I can't forget. You must forget him, dear. No, I won't forget him. He's my husband. I love him. I love him. Alice, dear, you mustn't... No, Dean. I want him so. You've never lost anyone, Dean. You don't know how it is. And now, these last few weeks, I don't know how Francis lost me. You're not being rational, Alice. But I love him, Dean. Oh... Isn't there some way? Now, Alice... Well, I mean it. Dean, listen. Well? Francis had so many books. Wouldn't there be something in one of them that might tell me how to bring Francis back to me? Alice! Or some way I could find him, Dean? Alice, sit down and stop this. Dean! Well? Dean, do you love me? You know I do. I'll never marry you. Well, I hope that someday... No, it's sacrilege to even think it. I'm Francis's wife. I'll be Francis's wife forever, forever and ever. Well, darling... Wait. Dean, as surely as I'm sitting here, I swear to you I'll always love Francis. Yes. And I... I can't live without him. What do you mean by that? I've thought about it. I've thought about it until my head hurts. You think I'm losing my mind, don't you? No. Dean, I won't marry you. Yes, you said that. But do you want to earn my everlasting gratitude and Francis's gratitude, too? I I don't understand you. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. No, I won't do it. Listen, Dean. If I kill myself, then that'll be a sin, won't it? Yes. And I won't go to heaven and be with Francis, will I? No. Then, will you do it? Alice, you've lost your mind. No! I... You said you loved me. Then prove it. Give me back to Francis.
That's a great story, Dean. That's a great story. Yes, it is, isn't it? It's not the story you told when they arrested you. No. So you shot her because she asked you to? No. What do you mean? Well, I went away from the house that night. I was very disturbed. Sleep? No, I couldn't sleep. About three in the morning, I telephoned her. We talked for a long time. She was much calmer. She agreed that she'd been very foolish. And we'd talk it all over again later in the day. I took two bromides and slept till noon. Then, in the afternoon, she telephoned me and woke me up. Come over right away, she said. Come over now, hurry. When I came in, she was holding a book. She seemed perfectly calm, but had obviously been crying for a long time. She was exhausted. What's happened, Alice? I asked. What's the matter? Sit down, Dean. What is it? What's, what's that book? It's one of Francis's books from his reference library. Oh? Dean, when you left here last night, I got to thinking some more about what I'd said first. That maybe there was something in one of Francis's books that could tell me how to bring us together again. Alice, I, I thought that... Be still. I went in there, and I looked at a lot of books. Some of them I couldn't even understand, but I found one. I found this one. What is it? Dean, you murdered Francis. I what? You murdered his soul. Alice, what are you talking about? Do you remember the flower from his grave? Yes, yeah, of course. Look at the book. Dictionary of Superstitions and Mythology. Bonerger, Paris, 1927. Well, what about it? Page 101. I marked it. Read it. Flowers. If a flower be plucked from the grave, then afterwards thrown away, the place where the flower falls will be haunted. Alice, what is this? It's true, Dean. It's superstition, for heaven's sake. It's true. Oh, now, come on, now. It's true. How do you know? Because I went out to the cemetery road, and I went to the elm tree where you threw the flower away almost a year ago. You went? When did you go there? This morning, while it was still dark. This morning? And it's truth. I know. Francis is there, chained to that spot forever and ever. Oh, Dean, what are we going to do? We did it, you and I. What are we going to do? And what did you do? I... I did what I thought best. You mean to say you believe in a stupid superstition? You mean you murdered the woman because of... Because of... I came out here to this tree with Alice, Mr. Thorpe. You did? And I knew Francis was here, too. He's here now. You're... you're... You saw him, didn't you? The man you thought was waiting for the bus? I... Here, where are you going? I threw away a flower from his grave a year ago. 
Now here's your flower, Alice. I kept my promise, dear. Alice and Francis. Together now. Forever. You don't believe that. Listen. Folks, that's our show, and we appreciate you tuning in to the inaugural program of the KCAL Radio Hour each last Sunday night of the month at 8 o'clock here on Jess FM. It has been a ball bringing it to you. Might remind you that we'll be back on the air again on this program the last Sunday of November, which actually is November the 27th. It'll be a Sunday night at 8 o'clock. We'll have our Thanksgiving program in preparation and in advance of our live show here on Main Street at the Creative Art League Showplace, downtown Nicholasville. Now, if you want to go ahead and buy tickets for that Christmas show, you can do that by calling our box office at 859-885-5363. That's 859-885-5363. Tickets are only $7.50 a piece. We have three shows. We'll do one on Friday, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. That'll be December the 9th, 10th, and 11th. The Friday Friday night shows at 7.30, the Saturday night shows at 7.30, the Sunday afternoon shows at 2.30. Call now, get your tickets, 859-885-5363. We remind you, the shows you hear here on the radio, you'll never see there broadcast or performed live, and the programs you'll see there, you'll never hear here. So in order to have the full effect, you got to come to both. Buy tickets to our live show, listen to this one for free. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll see you back on the air again in a month on November the 27th, the KCAL Radio Hour on Jess FM 105.9.